Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Why we hate meetings, and we do hate them, don't we, Claudia? That's right. Well, that's been our series of conversations in the last couple of weeks, and we've talked about we don't know why we're there, nothing ever comes out of it, hate, and today hate. we're talking about we're talking about just that no no one really participates. And that could be for a variety of reasons, right? We talked a little bit about not really knowing what's going on. And so you're not prepared to share. You're uh-huh. not prepared to give your ideas about something that might be going on. And our other extreme is there are people who just dominate meetings. Oh, and either no. your leader doesn't do anything about it, or it's you yourself, leader, who are <laughs> going on and on and on and on and on. Because really, you're there not to listen, but to have people buy into what you want them to. Exactly. And part of it is just not being straight with people about why you've gathered them. So let's say you do want to announce something. You know, if you're clear that that's why you've gathered them, I am going to tell you something, then people are okay with it. It's when they're under the impression that they're coming to a meeting that they're, you know, you're all a part of and that you just keep talking and they aren't participating. They haven't, they don't get to have any input that throws them. It's, it sends this horrible mixed message and it's, it is a waste of time. So what we want to do is we want to say, don't waste our time. Either our opinion matters. Or it doesn't, right? Well, let's talk about first, what is kind of the feeling? We talked last week about how sometimes as leaders, we feel like we just need to let our employees talk or vent in order to get out of it. But that's not always the healthiest way, nor the place to do it, a meeting. Like, okay, maybe you can come into my office and vent about something. But it's not the most appropriate things because there are other people's time and space that we need to respect. Exactly. But let's say you have said a person who just kind of has a lot of opinions. Some of them are valid. Some of them are just preferences that could be left for another time. Why don't we stop them? Why do we let people dominate conversations and meeting topics in ways they don't need to? Well, that is a great question. And part of it, you know, I'm feeling at this point in the series, we've dealt with a certain amount of this because we've got an agenda. It's only 15 minutes to discuss it. We're moving toward a specific outcome, so that's kind of limiting what kind of input we're looking for. So we've dealt with a lot of it right there. But yes, there are people who just need to express themselves. They need to feel like they're contributing. They need to feel like they matter. They're, or they are. They're just a well of ideas. And just, their mind goes nuts when you throw out a topic, and they just start talking, and they take over. But your job as the moderator of the meeting is to make it a group experience. So, you know, what we want so more is we don't want to have these people participating less because they actually care. That's a good thing they care, even if they're totally annoying or dominating about it. That's a really good problem to have. So, again, it really gets to holding the mirror up to your own face and saying, why can't I cut them off? And how do we cut people off politely? And, you know, as we shared last week, your main tool is moving them toward the outcome. But we don't have time to discuss that in depth. Thank you for that. We need to move on. Or, um, yes, thank you. That's how much we can. Um, I want to leave some time to hear from a few other people. And then that gives you an opportunity to invite someone who, has, who is um, ordinarily quiet to give their opinion because they probably need to be invited. They're not the type to jump in. And they never would jump in. They prefer to listen. So they need to be invited. So by inviting and politely telling people we need to move on, most people will cooperate. 
most people will go with it. They do not experience it as being cut off. Well, and I can imagine too, you can always start your discussion with, you know, we'll talk about this subject. I'd like to hear one or two points from each person. We won't go more than that so that everybody gets a chance to share. So we're doing the same thing again. We're setting people's expectations ahead of time. And that's a great way to articulate because then they already have heard just to give a point or two. And tell me as a leader, you may not know that you're the one dominating a discussion. How do you lift the, you know, the mirror to your face. And, you know, oh, what are some boy. questions you can ask yourself to kind of help you not do that? We need to, unless that's what you want. Yeah. We need to manufacture the bold enterprises leadership mirror and sell these little mirrors that that is, that is the hardest thing to do is to look at yourself and to realize that you dominate a meeting. Um, it is hard to become aware of something that you're doing. There is no easy way. The best way is if you have a friend, somebody you trust, somebody who's on your side and will be honest with you without picking on you or making you look bad to give you feedback and to ask them specifically, will you, you know, during this meeting, watch how I conduct it and, and serve some things I'm doing. So another is when you're creating the agenda and looking for the outcome is being honest with yourself when you want in input and when you don't want it. And don't pretend that you want it and for the sake of having people heard when you don't want it. People have a much easier time hearing a command or information that your decisions that you're giving them if they know what that is, rather than if you've made like you're listening to them and you're not. So you've invite you've created your own participation problem when one, you invite something you don't want to hear, or two, you do the opposite and talk when you want to hear from them. Well, and I think this is people's gigantic pet peeve. You're called in with a meeting with all the top people and they're telling you about, oh, we're going to do this and this and this and this. Let's say it's something sensitive right now, like we're going to cut positions, but we really want your input about what you're going, you know, what you want to see. And we really want your input on this process. So we make it the easiest thing for you. And the very next day they give out pink slips. Exactly. So you feel absolutely, because you sat there through a two-hour meeting bullshitting your way, you know, leader, and bullshitting your way in the way that you responded, trying to be, you know, a team player instead of saying, oh, this angers me because X and X and X, you know, you know, it's just lies. So here's what, so that's a great example. So here's what you're trying to tease out, if you can be honest with yourself as a leader, is, is your goal to communicate and work through this issue with people? Or is your goal to use that time to manipulate some sort of response out of them? So if you, can, if you can't be honest about that with yourself, no one else, you don't have to say to anyone, I'm here to manipulate you. But, um, but if you can't be honest with yourself, that's where the mixed messages and all the confusion comes in and the, your need to keep talking. Because what you're doing is you're, you're unconsciously just preventing any other voices from being heard because you, you can't deal with the smart person in the room actually having a better idea than your own. So if you are, um, and that's just hard to do. It's hard for any leader to do, to be honest with yourself. But what you're pointing out is how obvious it is to everyone else. It is so obvious to everyone after the fact that you were merely trying to soften the blow of something that you knew what was coming 
instead of really wanting to do what you said during the meeting, which was solve the problem. And it just comes off insecure, right? You want people to like you or, you know, or you want people to buy into something instead. What you should have said is, you know, we're having budget cuts. We discussed it. This is the way it's going to happen. And I know that this is going to upset a lot of you. And talk about the impact. People would appreciate that honesty more, even if they still think you're a jerk. (laughs) <laughs> right? Yeah, but they won't think you're a jerk. They'll just be mad about the decision, and they'll be mad it came down, and they might be mad they weren't included. But it's not a surprise that senior management gets to make decisions, gets to make the final call. It's when you pretend to say we're all discussing this, and really you've already made the decision. It's the, it's the fakey that undermines it. I think most people would rather work for... You know, if they were going to work for somebody who was going to make the decisions and not include them, they would rather work for the person who says, I make the decisions, rather than the person who pretends to have a meeting where everybody gets to go through the exercise of giving their opinions and then be ignored. And so you undermine participation because it's not really being valued, and people can intuit that. It comes out, as you said, the next day that their participation was meaningless. And so they participate less and less, and you end up talking more and more, and you don't even notice because you really don't want to hear their voices, and you just want them to (laughs) not kvetch for the next three weeks. So, and that's a toughie. That's a toughie. That's the, what we say, you know, when we use the term no excuses leadership is the main challenge of the leader is being willing to look at yourself and being able to without judgment, notice that you're doing things that are counterproductive in order to make things more, go more smoothly for yourself. And participation in meetings is a big one. Well, next week we'll be discussing our last pet peeve about meetings, why we hate them. It's because nothing comes out of it. We sit there, we talk about it. Nothing happens when you leave the meeting. And I think this is a great source of frustration for people because it's what, it's what we talked about. It's the what encapsulates a waste of time. Exactly. So join us next week. Um, As usual, we're always collecting stories and anecdotes about meetings, even a comic strip. (laughs) Join us on the web at boldenterprises.com. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.